freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Roar, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Good morning. It is not Brock Heward and Mike Salkin with you right now. It is Maura Dooley and Justin Barnes. But we will have uh, Salk is off today. We will have Brock Heward and Aaron Goldsmith, Goldie, in with us today. So we'll be talking lots of Mariners. Goldie is a peak fill-in guy, by the way. Like there's, al- there's always a sense of like, oh, and the, the teacher's the way the mice will play. And it's like, oh, no, you, this is the coolest substitute teacher you can get. He's going to roll in the TV <laughs> on the big, you know, the big tube TV thing on the rack. He's the best. Love having Goldie. Well, and he'll he'll give um he'll give Brock a hard time, which is good because yeah, usually it's he does. <laughs> you know they've they've called games together <laughs> and everything. Harder. Like I don't yeah it's they have a fun vibe together. I like it. He's a uh, Goldie's not afraid to give everybody a hard time. He'll step toe to toe. Have I told you that I don't want to kill any more time than we have here? But I, have I told you the story about how he messed with me when we were on the field of the Mariners game, the the skills challenge they did preseason just before the season started? Have I told you the story about? being roasted in front of a bunch of professionals. I think I kind of remember it, but re- but tell everyone. We were standing uh, on field, m- uh, myself and Ashley Cox, because we were doing some like hosting you know, the, um, roles in between events and, mm-hmm. and segments that were happening. And Goldie was coming out to host the home run derby, I believe it was, or maybe it was the bunting challenge. And it, Ashley and I had just finished something. So the camera guy's walking away and he's going towards Goldie and Goldie screams at me. He's like, hey, Justin, 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 do you have a pen? And he's holding a little piece of paper, I think, like a little notebook. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And I'm like excited to be of service and helpful to Aaron Goldsmith, to Aaron Goldsmith right? Like this guy's an icon. In the business. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, I'm like scrambling. I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. And he goes, good. Take some notes. <laughs> oh, <Burn. laughs> everybody that's standing around me saw it and heard it looks at me like, oh, welcome. You've just been initiated by Aaron Goldsmith in front of everybody. And. I, You're going to feel like an idiot for the next however long it takes you. And obviously it's been a year and I'm still thinking about it. I do enjoy his sense of humor. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Goldie in. Good. Yes. So we've got that coming up for you. Also at 730 from spring training, we're going to talk to George Kirby. And then at 830, we are going to talk to former Huskies and uh, current NFL draft prospect, former Huskies receiver and current NFL draft prospect, Roma Dunze. Nice. I've uh, a big day today. Yeah, I've been reading more and more about how he and Marvin Harrison Jr. are perhaps tied for the the best wide receiver in the draft. And that is not what we've been hearing for the last month and a half about how much head and shoulders we were thinking that Harrison was ahead of him. So, yeah, we'll see like how much he can uh, maybe raise his stock to that of, uh, Matt, you know, Marvin Harrison as we get closer to the draft and the combine starts next week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what he can do there. But man, he's just such an easy guy to root for. Dude, nicest, sweetest. He's the conversation. Yeah. We, I love him. And plus, obviously he's going to have a lot to share about Ryan Grubb. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we've got that coming up at eight 30. Uh, we're also going to play a little game. We normally do, which is better. We're going to do, which is worse today. <laughs> I, feel like this is perfect, I may or may not have right? thrown the Fanatics uniforms in there. But, awesome. um, I'm right in we'll the middle see. of Goldie's wheelhouse as well. But I thought uh, I thought we'd get started today with something that normally Sulk does. He's not here, so I'm going to take it over. Um, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to go through some of our Apple Podcast reviews. Are you down for that? Of course, these are always my favorite. <laughs> All right, so we're we're at a four point six. Is that what we were last time? Yeah, I that's I mean that's been, been kind of stuck there. That's been the joke is that we can't get above four point six. Okay. So. 
All right. Well, this one is a um, this one is a five star review, but it's not. It's uh, it's pretty harsh. This says, stop with the DK trade rumors. The DK trade rumors need to stop. It's bad radio, and it's going to make DK hate Seattle. Don't talk about current good Seahawks players like that. And then if they ever do get traded, then you can talk about it. But someone, but to, saying trade someone when they're a current player, just because you feel like it's going to gather clickbait and stoke conversation is a all-caps bad move. Mm-hmm. Just stop altogether any conversation or articles talking about trading a current player. Seriously. Other than that, other than this annoying side of sports radio, I give five stars. Well, of course. That, I mean, what's what's their username? That's always a, <laughs> one of these fun parts. Is it a, a long-winded one, or is this it actually Mister underscore S S E R C, Mister Cirque? Okay, okay. Well, first, Mister Cirque, thank you so much. Well, that's this what we said. You can say whatever you want. You can be as mean as you want. You can go as deep and as personal as you want. Just yeah. leave five stars. I mean, I think if DK turns on Seattle because Mike Salk wrote an article saying he might get traded, then. I think we He's would a little have, soft-minded. Yeah, and I believe that that would <laughs> the amount of of people that I guess you could say have been in Salk's ire that would be there'd be a lot of people turned against. Yeah, the show or or radio in general. I mean, and I, I don't, re- I really don't is, know how realistic Salk actually thinks that is. I think he's just saying they have a lot of needs, and this is one way that you could fill some of those holes. Most of the reaction to this that I've seen has been of course on twitter and and the youtube and the instagram comments of people who would not read the full point mm-hmm. it was just the, head, the headline and they snapped and thought oh do you also want to trade julio and then on and on and on from there yeah i get his point it's a and it's a useful exercise like he's saying do you not think you have a number one in jsn do you not have other needs i get the conversation but i we, also get while people will lose their minds we just got a text from the 425 that says i would much rather trade julio rodriguez okay. what okay Gonna need gonna need more information. It's too early for this. All right. Uh, so the next one is a five star review that says, "Love this longtime listener. I've recently moved to Ohio and listen to the podcast regularly. Keep it up. Bring back Howdy." Yes. I don't know if that's a shot at us or if they just love Howdy, Justin. I'm not taking it as a shot at us. Okay. I like Howdy too. <laughs> I like listening to to Howdy as well. I used to when I was driving to my other radio job like years years ago when it was Brock Sock, Howdy, Howdy, Lydia, uh, Kyle. Like I mm-hmm. I loved that show. I, I filled it. in every now and then. On I that 100% show. understand. What was that username? That one was uh, AMKFND. All right. Appreciate that. <laughs> this one's from Mutambaka. Five star review. Everybody needs more Charles. We do love Charles here. He fills in on the board mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this is a seven point list. One, extremely excited for Brock's draft prospect watch list. Watch list. Please do more of that this year. Two, excited for Mike McDonald and his shark eyes, but it will probably take some time. Excuse me? Shark eyes. Is that something that we've, if people have been mentioning that before? Uh, no, I'm the only one that doesn't know what that means. That's new to me. I saw someone say he has crazy eyes on one of the pictures that was being Ooh. used when he first got here. Uh, three, DePoto doesn't get enough credit for not being ugly. <laughs> what? Let's, re- let's me, uh, peel that back. Doesn't Four. get enough credit for not being. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Four. Brock often seems like he knows he's saying something inappropriate, but also that he doesn't actually know what that inappropriate thing means. I think that's very accurate. Yep. Brock's the kid that overheard something at the adult party that tries to introduce it somewhere else and yes. knows that he probably shouldn't, but isn't quite sure of the context. And you it's are, a fine line he's walking on most of those. You're spot on on that one. Absolutely true. Yeah. Five. You can take my liberties and my freedom. Just give us more Charles. <sighs> I yeah, like that too. Agree. 
Six, Justin seems like he grew up on Ernest movies. That's probably why he's the best one. Oh, appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I watched a lot of Ernest movies. I did. I did. I remember Ernest Goes to Camp. Goes I like that one, yeah. I loved uh, the Ernest movies. And do you remember the Beverly Hillbillies? The no? show? No, the the movie, the Beverly Hillbillies. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I loved those. Ernest is um, stupid. Seven Ernest says, want school. to get Gertie, Christina Aguilera. I don't know what that means. Don't know what that means either. Okay. And then DLH406, five-star review, says, love the whole crew. Would love to see Brock in a Montana State University hoodie. Mm, that's go not going to happen. Go. That's not going to happen. Not with his daughters at no, Montana. No, I appreciate that. appreciate that, though. But, yeah, that's not going to happen. Have you been anywhere more, like, outside of, of the major metropolitan Seattle area and met somebody who's a a listener or a fan of or from Seattle who's ever approached you? Has that happened? Outside of here? Uh no, I remember I it happened in spring training. People were like waving to you at the. Oh at the yeah, field. well, I mean, but they're usually from here. True, but it's whenever like you get the the review from Ohio, and I was in uh, Montana for something, and somebody was there for another reason who said that they were. Uh, well, you're a like the Mon- Montana somewhere. spokesperson. I, I could be a Montana ambassador. I'll take that title. <laughs> Who's and it's always like a really because we sit in this room with four of us, and you kind of forget who could be and who's listening at given points of time. People that will hopefully approach you and say good things or leave positive podcast reviews. We appreciate you. Five stars. Be as mean as you want. I guess that's ultimately what I'm trying to say. Take the show with <laughs> We you. do. We do. I love the podcast reviews. Thank you so much. Um, and then we, we actually ran out of time reading those reviews. I was going to get into this. Maybe we'll get to it a little bit later. We are going to um, let you listen to Brian Wu from yesterday. Um, but there's this quarterback commitment index that Danny Heifetz from the Ringer wrote, and I think he really did a good job with this. Um, there's categories like right guy, wrong time, with the Bills and Josh Allen and the Chargers and Justin Herbert. There's love at first sight for C.J. C. Stroud and Jordan Love. Um, so a great idea. The we've quarterback got, commitment index. Yeah. We've got promise ring shopping for the Niners and Brock Purdy. <laughs> Um, what, uh, there's new year, new me for Kyler Murray and Anthony Richardson. Uh, he's a nice guy for Tua Tonga Vailoa. Oh, is that the biggest insult? Um, then, uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, it says catching feelings after a one night stand. Yeah, that's true. Uh, where's, obviously where's... the Broncos and Wilson are ugly divorce. Yeah. Um, so. I, I mean, I want to know where Gino is here. What's the, Gino what's the... is married the nice guy. Married the nice Says the Seahawks guy. were so happy to be with Gino after the whole Russell Wilson saga. Is he the long-term answer? Probably not, especially at age 33, but he is the perfect rebound. He's not their forever partner, mm-hmm. but he's a crucial bridge, which I think is where we yeah. all kind of feel like things are at right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard women say before, an absence of disqualifiers is a powerful thing. And if there's not a lot of negatives, I can see how people would, quote, marry the nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the Seahawks have done. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. But then I do think you have a lot of questions about whether you should start to think about the future this year because we have not seen a lot of good quarterback drafts lately, and this is supposed to be one. Brock sent us a note earlier in the playoffs um, heading into the divisional round about what round we thought these playoffs, these quarterbacks that were left in the playoffs were drafted, and it was all pretty high. It was one one or I'm sorry, what spot in the draft? Uh, one overall, one overall, two overall, seventh, tenth, twenty sixth, and thirty second. Mm-hmm. And you know the Seahawks are hopefully not going to keep having this high of draft picks as they have this year. So it's uh, as much as we've talked about how they need help in the trenches. 
quarterback is still something to consider, and I'm interested to see how maybe they can pull off getting more draft picks and seeing if they can get a guy they can develop while they are married to the nice guy and they do have that bridge. Read the nice guy. I, I want to read more <laughs> about the quarterback index. I know we have to go to break, I really but. like this article. I think you did a good job with it. It's uh, Danny Heifetz for The Ringer if you the guys Ringer, want to check okay. it out. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be coming back in just a moment with everything you need to know. And then we are going to take a listen to Brian Wu with Brock and Salk yesterday. This is the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports Show and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. After posting his worst slash line since his first full MLB season in 2019, Ty France decided to head to driveline and see for himself what worked so well for J.P. Crawford last year. He told reporters yesterday that correcting his swing was an eye-opening experience. The swing aspect, um, just cleaning a lot of things up, spent, spent a good bit of time over at driveline. And, you know, they've, they've got a lot of technology, a lot of smart guys over there to, to help. And, um, you know, very excited to kind of put that into, into the game. You know, there's, it's crazy to see how, how bad my swing was like, on like a mechanical aspect um, to get all that, that, that stuff cleaned up. And, you know, it's still not, not perfect. There's still, you know, I have created a lot, of, a lot of years of bad habits. So just trying to get, get as clean as possible and you know, tighten all that up. Throughout the, the full, the full offseason, I think we made a lot of adjustments and a lot of improvements. He also said he added nearly three and a half miles per hour of bat speed. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then MLB Network released the final tier of their top 100 players right now last night. Uh, Julio came in at number 10, and the M's had uh, five players total. Julio Rodriguez at 10, Luis Castillo at 54, J.P. Crawford at 69, and George Kirby at 75. Um, Don't forget Cal. Oh, Cal. yeah. I did skip. I'm sorry. Cal at 93. There we yeah, go. Which feels not quite appropriate, but okay. Had to scroll down. Uh, and Cal, JP, and George were all not in their top 100 last year. So nice jump for them. There were also some remaining free agents that made the top 100. Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, and JD Martinez still floating around out there. Here's the second thing you need to know. Big one for the Cougs tonight. WSU men's basketball team ranked 21st. First time in over 15 years going for their eighth consecutive victory. And they head to Arizona tonight to take on the number four Wildcats. The winner takes possession of first place in the Pac-12. And if you remember, WSU defeated Arizona last year and January 73-70. Pulled them to a season low shooting percentage, which is big for a team that is tied for, I think, first in all of basketball for points per game. Head coach Kyle Smith talked to Matt Chaz now about their recent success versus the Wildcats on the Cougar Basketball Hour. Hopefully got the little cheat code. It'll be it'll be a tough one there. I think they're number one in the country in scoring margin. They're a good basketball team. They they play well at home like most teams and they, they really play fast so we'll have our, our hands full trying to trying to slow them down. But if we can or whatever, if we can contain them a little bit, then we get you know our defense has been good. And if we can somehow get to that the way we defended them here and gives us gives ourselves a chance. Yeah, hopefully you do have the cheat code because if you've done it twice, so you can do it again. Let's go. Uh, the game I know you'll be listening to is right here tonight, Seattle Sports at 8 p.m. Here's the third thing you need to know. The Kraken are hosting the best team in hockey, at least 
points-wise tonight as the division rival Canucks come to Climate Pledge Arena with 80 points to the Kraken's 57. The Kraken are three points out of a wild-card spot in the Western Conference, and with only 27 games remaining, head coach Dave, As- Dave Haxtall was asked if they are doing some scoreboard watching. And I spent I watched hockey all night last night, so not necessarily scoreboard watching. I mean, there's we've got to do our job. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think everybody, you know, everybody's a little bit different in what they do away from the rink, but our awareness is, I mean, at least for me. Yeah, I know what's going on and what's happening on on any given night and uh, what the standings look like the next morning. And I'm, yeah, I mean, obviously I enjoy the sport. I love watching the game, but usually watching with a little more purpose at this time of year, especially when uh, you get to this this stage of the year and you you have an opportunity to see what uh, some of the upcoming teams that you're playing against are doing. And it's, yeah, it's all part of the process. Yeah, they really need to go on a run here. Last year, the Kraken had six goal scorers. 620 goal scorers, Jared McCann, Jordan Eberle, Matty Beneers, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Jaden Schwartz, and Daniel Sprong. Through 55 games this year, McCann has 24, but only um, Ellie Tolvanen, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Jaden Schwartz have more than 11. Hmm. Uh, Jordan Eberle's right at 10 with 27 games remaining. So definitely uh, not where they were with the offense last no, year. No, I, I looked up their strength of schedule, the, you know, the tankathon thing for the NHL. Do you know where they're just out of wild guess top of your head where they might be? Uh, I would think somewhere in the middle. Number 26. Wow. So it's, I mean, it's there, right? Like if they're not in the top five here and the toughest opponents remaining, it could happen. Yeah. It, it happened last year, but it uh, looks super promising. Joey Decord is still playing amazing. Yeah. Just really need to get the offense going a little more. We'll see if we, they can do it. That game starts at 7 p.m. tonight. So a couple uh, a couple of fun things on the docket for tonight on what's been like a little bit of a slow sports scene lately. It has. It has. And we, how far are we actually from getting spring training baseball games on TV? Because I'm, I'm starting to really, Pretty close. really itch for that. <laughs> but we're going to see it live next week. So Let's go. I know. We don't, we don't have to worry about that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I saw Jeff Passan was down at Mariner Spring Training recently. I want to hear. Hi. Okay. I know. And I'm really excited to hear. Actually, a really quick side story. One of the guys I work with at the Mariners texted me from spring training. It was like, I saw Jeff Passan today. I've never been more uh, starstruck for oh, really? a baseball person in my life. And this is somebody who's around the players every day. He's wow. in front offices. Obviously, he's been in some big uh, all-star situations. And he's like, being able to talk to Jeff Passan was a, a really big one I mean, for it was me. Pretty he exciting didn't realize he, how big he is. When he came in our building. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, he's uh, not big physically. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I don't mean in stature. <laughs> but when he's walking around the stadium, too, hearing people screaming at him during the all-star game, all-star game, it's like, God, we're really lucky. We just get to chat with him every week like it's normal. And yeah. He's a terrific, terrific dude. That Yeah, our regular talks with him will be starting up again soon. We will be in spring training or in Arizona for spring training all next week. And then we are going to let you listen to Brock and Salk's conversation with Brian Wu from yesterday coming up next. And George Kirby will be coming up at 7.30. And then um, Brock and Aaron Goldsmith will get you started at 7. So uh, tons of baseball today. Don't go anywhere if you are in the mood for just getting ready for this season that is approaching us very quickly here. Um, Brian Wu is next on the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports App. On Sorry, on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports App. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports App.
Well, Brock, uh, pleased to uh, go back down to Peoria just a couple days before we'll be down there uh, all next week. Can't wait for that. Generally the best week of the year. But Brian Wu already there, Mariners pitcher, and he's kind enough to take a few minutes with us right now. Brian, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. I was thinking about where you were one year ago today. You had made all of, what, 16 minor league appearances. You'd never pitched higher than, what, high A ball, I believe? What is what has <laughs> yeah, the was... last 365 days been like for you? <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, looking back last year, um, you know, first camp, heading into it, kind of, didn't really know what to expect. Knew I wasn't, you know, going to make the team out of camp. So I really just had to come in and enjoy it and um, take it all in, meet everybody new. And then this year, obviously, coming in a whole different side of it, um, being part of the team and um, kind of uh, knowing everybody a little bit, but still trying to get to know all the new guys and um, any new staff or whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, we're having a good time so far. Biggest lesson learned in those 365-plus days was what? <laughs> um, baseball is incredibly hard, no matter what level you're playing it at. Um, it's a long season. Got to just find ways to enjoy it. Enjoy your teammates. Um, enjoy the people around you. Enjoy whatever it is, your off days. Um, you know, it's a grueling game. You got to find ways to just enjoy the whole process. I'm not sure I believe you. I'm looking at your numbers, and your your numbers are better at the pros and the majors than they are at virtually any other level of baseball you pitched at. Better than they were in college, better than they were in single A. What do you mean this game is hard? It seemed like it was pretty easy for you. <laughs> um, as soon as I say it's not, then I'm going to be in a tough couple of ways, but... Can you explain no, how that happened, though? Seriously, I mean, I'm just again. I just spent some time looking at your numbers last night. For freshman year of college, an eight seven five ERA. Right, the next year was like six eleven. You missed some time in there. I know you had surgery, et cetera. How do you go from being a guy with an ERA over six in college to a guy who comes up and has a lot of success in Major League Baseball? Where was where where did that switch turn on? Um, honestly, I think. Um, after getting surgery after my junior year, so, um, getting drafted and coming to Arizona, um, spending time in rehab, kind of just reworking, um, my mind, my body, everything, working with the staff here, um, kind of just, it gave me some time to get some, some new perspective on the game a little bit on myself, um, work on things that maybe I hadn't been able to work on in the past and, um, yeah, I think it just gave me a really good foundation um, heading into pro ball. And, um, yeah, I mean, you're always trying to learn, always trying to grow. But they had such a good staff here um, in Arizona getting through rehab and um, a lot of good guys to do it with. So try to just take as much of it as I could and, and build off of it best I could. Brian, if we were to have studied your Cal Poly tape, would we have seen, seen the same arm slot, seen the same delivery, <laughs> seen the same mechanics back in the day? Um, I think the mechanics maybe are a little similar. Um, you definitely, I mean, physically you always try to get a little bit stronger every year and, um, you know, understand your body a little bit better, but, but I think it's more of the mindset and kind of the, um, you know, competitive approach and, um, 
more to more to the mental side than than it is the physical side. Who did you work with, you know, in the Mariners staff to help you with that? Um, Adam Bernero and uh, Stephanie Hill are, are two of our main um, mental skills coaches, um, performance coaches, I guess you could say. Um, and they were here a decent amount in the off season, um, during season. So was kind of just able to have, you know, endless amount of conversations with them on a number of different things, but, um, kind of just, I don't know, breaking down different approaches and, um, you know, my process and how I look at the game and, um, you know, all types of different things, but it was kind of just good to have them here, bounce ideas off of them. And, and I still, you know, talk to them a lot today. So, um, yeah, they've been, they've been unbelievable. So if we don't rewind back all the way to February and we just rewind, let's say to August and September, how did your body and your arm feel going through a journey you had never been through before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it definitely hit a wall there uh, later in the season. I mean, yeah, it, it's a long year. It's my first, you know, full season um, as a professional. It's the most innings I've thrown. So, um, yeah, that was definitely a big learning curve was just kind of understanding how long the season is, um, what it takes to get through a whole season. And um, what really matters is, is being ready to go, you know, at the tail end of, of September and making a run into uh, into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, definitely learned a lot from it and um, was able to gain a, a lot of knowledge from experience and also just other guys and kind of how they do it. And, um, you know, over the years, what's worked for them. And you kind of just pick and choose and find little things and uh, see what works for you. So last year was, you know, learning on, on all types of different ways. Well, I would imagine we're talking to Brian Wu, by the way, we're here on CL Sports on 710. I would imagine there's two guys right in your rotation with you who had just gone through the same thing, right? And Logan and, and George, what what have your conversations been like with them and how have they been helpful for you? Yeah, no, they've been amazing um, to have guys like that that have, you know, already have so much success, but also be so young and um, you know, they're not that far removed from kind of where you are or where I am now. Um, it helps a lot. And I think when you have guys that are older, um, you know, seasoned veterans, they might be a little bit more removed from just the experiences that you go through as a rookie or, um, you know, a younger guy on a team. Um, so it's really, really nice to have those guys here and you kind of, just have ongoing conversations about a number of different things, whether it's um, a mental approach to a game, um, pitches, grips, um, you know, routines throughout a year. It's a number of different things, but everybody on our staff is, is so open and, you know, easy to get along with. And um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty thankful to have them. Who do you have the most uh, in in common with of that group? I don't, I mean, we all, we all have a number of different things. I mean, I, I would say we're all honestly pretty different, but in a way we get along, you know, we all get along really well. Um, but I mean, Bryce and I obviously have gone up through the system together. We got drafted together, um, got to play a little bit together and then obviously debuting last year, pretty close to each other. Um, so having him, um, you know, kind of by my side to be able to do it with. And you're going through so many of the same experiences that it's, it's, it's a lot easier when you have someone else that's going through the same thing. So 
um, yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun to, to be able to play alongside him. Is that why you guys have cheese nicknames for each other? <laughs> oh, what is the deal with it? I, I don't know the details. I've been told there's something, but I don't I don't know too many details about the cheese. What is the deal with the cheese? I think it, I mean, it got blown way out of, it's, <laughs> it's really, it started with just Louis, Louis being the oldest, the most service time, kind of the leader of our staff. We used to all just, just call him big cheese. And um, throughout a season, you know, you got a lot of time sitting on a bench watching games <laughs> and conversations just go every which way and started just assigning different names to everybody on yeah. the staff. So, so what cheese are yeah, you? Yeah, it definitely, yeah, it got, it got blown way out. It wasn't even like a... What cheese are you? <laughs> Whiz. Um, as of right now, I'm Parmesan cheese. Kind of sprinkle I'm looking it. for an upgrade. Kind of, looking for an upgrade yeah, you kind of sprinkle that on at the end. Is that right? Like it's sort of an after cheese that you put on top of the pasta. It's more It's more like the size, so like the physical size. Oh, physical oh, size of the cheese. So it. Parmesan is, you know, it's pretty small, so it's <laughs> yeah. small. So. Oh, great. So I've got the least amount of service time, and <laughs> here we go, Parmesan. Yeah, you know, you, you, you mentioned those other guys, and, and I'm just looking at them, and they are, and you guys are all so different in so many different ways. Bryce was on with us last week, Brian, and he told us when the season ended, he just took a couple weeks off, started to throw a football. He works with Tread. We know that George Kirby just talks to his nine-hole net and doesn't throw to anybody. We know that Logan's got his big old bag with all sorts of wackadoo stuff in it, and uh, well, let's see, Luis is down fishing. You know, that's how he builds his dexterity and his forearm strength is with great fishing. So what does Brian Wu what does Brian Wu do when this off season began? How much time did you take and and where do you go to continue to grow and develop? Um this year this year was a little different than past off seasons. Um just because how long the season was and you know how much I threw. Um I took pretty much all of October off all baseball and like lifting and um, any physical activity. Um, try to just enjoy time with family, vacation a little bit. Um, and then beginning November started throwing and lifting again. Um, but I mean, every off season looks a little bit different. I don't really have like a, a place right now that I'm consistently training at or um, whatever it is. They kind of, they do a good job of, giving us workouts and throwing programs and stuff through the Mariners. So I kind of just follow that. And then wherever I'm going, uh, in the off season, then I kind of just take that with me. So, um, I try to take a couple trips throughout the year and visit family and kind of do things I don't really get to do during the year. And then, um, yeah, but it's nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm definitely not fishing as much as Louie is. <laughs> Were you able to block out some of the trade talk and rumors and, you know, any of that type of stuff this off season? Yeah, I mean that stuff is you know it's so far out of your out of your control. Um, so I really try to try to stay off social media as much as I could this off season. You know, if it got if, if it did happen, then it is what it is, and if not, then then great. But um, yeah, I mean I have absolutely zero control over it. So try to just let it go and um, enjoy my off season. You know, dive into my work and. Um, whatever happens, happens, but definitely happy to be back. So let me get one question here about the upcoming season. And, and, you know, that is sort of, I think the biggest question folks would have for you, which is 
what's the plan for lefties this year moving forward? You came out so dominant last year, especially against right-handers. How do you bring the lefties up to the same spot? Um, I think it's just continuing to do, um, you know, what I did against righties was really just not try to overcomplicate anything. I think um, after the first couple of weeks started hearing, you know, like the, the differences and, I think in my mind, I think I try to do too much against lefties and I kept my approach pretty simple against righties. So I think really trying to simplify my approach against both um, is going to give me, you know, the best chance of success. Obviously, we're working on things um, here and all off season on, you know, off speeds and um, secondary pitches for strikes and, you know, all types of different things. But um, I think when it comes down to it, it's really just doing the small things and, and doing the simple things at a high level. Logan's got to be the blue cheese, right? Kind of moldy, little funky, different from all the <laughs> other cheeses. <laughs> you can tell him I said that. That's fine. You can just tell him I all said right, that. He's got to be the yeah, blue I'll, cheese. Yeah. Him, real funky, like moldy smelling blue cheese. Brian, yeah, we really appreciate we'll it, man. It. This is great. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much for spending the time with us. Continued good luck this year, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. There's Brian Wu with uh, Brock and Salk yesterday. I, uh, so now Salk's probably going to have to start with an apology when we go to spring training. Yeah, I don't I don't think he took it as well as he was <laughs> laughing it off to Did be he at mean the end there. Stinky, like he's he's got nasty stuff? Or I, I, it came across more like an insult. I hope so. I mean, Brock is... is <laughs> Kind of the weird one with Gilbert. He loves to bring up how his workouts are so unique and the equipment that he brings with mm-hmm. him is so different. Wyman and Bob I, are kind of fascinated by that, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it, was, it was a weird thing to just throw at him at the very end there. And he's like, yeah, I guess I'll tell him. Yeah. <laughs> they had moved past the cheese and then kind of went back. What, what, if, what, cheese, what cheese are you? If we did our <laughs> starting rotation for the show with cheese, what what would you? Is there like a Montana cheese? Oh, it's just gas station cheese. It's just gas nacho <laughs> pump cheese. It's an yeah. I mean, I do love some bump cheese. Yeah, oh, man. There's nothing. And you, it goes with anything in that hot case too. Doesn't matter what you pull out of that thing. The nacho cheese is where it's at. We were talking about this off air, and I was like, I my mind goes to burrata, but I don't really know. They I think they did it to try to pick which ones best fit them, and I'm just thinking of which ones I like. So Your favorite? I yeah. I cannot good. tell you if I've ever if I could pick out what burrata looks like. Yeah, I was showing you pictures in the back. No <laughs> what gold? What cheese do you think Goldsmith's gonna be? Hmm. He's looking at us with surprise. Some Humboldt fog. I'm trying to find something that I just stands out because he's such a unique character that I can't. I, I mean, he's he's not a mild medium cheddar. He's not a sharp cheddar. He's got some. He's got more depth to that. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about something we actually want to see at spring training. When we were down there last year, um, we. There was just kind of a vibe of the excitement coming off of the finally getting that monkey off their back and making it to the playoffs last year. We were we were talking about this off air, Justin, and you're you're expecting a different vibe this year. What do you? Well, I, that's what. Yeah. One what do you think we're we, going to see? We talked a lot about while we were there. Was it there was like a different ease or like calmness to it? Like you said, the monkey off the back. I I remember saying it had like a lived in vibe. It didn't feel. I don't know. It just didn't feel um, stressed. And then they missed the playoffs and everything that happened with the offseason and what we've heard from service so far about this being the hungriest team. And you did lose some veterans with Ray and Marco. You brought one back with Haniger. I assume I hope what I'm hoping to see, I guess, is that 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 focus, that intensity and that 
Um, maybe some seriousness. I know baseball is a long season and you have to keep things loose for longer, but I'm hoping that some of that edge is back because I don't feel like we had it last year. There was it, in the first from the, from 21 season or 22 season, I guess when we were there with, when it was just Salk and I, there was a different, like, especially with Julio, like just happy to be here kind of vibe. And we weren't sure if he was even going to make the, the, the team yet. Now going into what, has to be the big sour taste that's still left in everybody's mouths. I really want that 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 edge. I don't really know how else to put it besides that um, the focus. And I hope that Hanniger is part of that because that's what he is, and that everywhere you see him go, he's he's all business. And um, for me, that I guess is the most important because I, I don't want it to be loosey goosey anymore. Like I, I want that. I want that intensity back. <laughs> not, yeah, not no, that I, it was. I, I it get, wasn't like everybody was just cool. It's like, oh, we're, yeah. we're cruising to the playoffs. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get I get what you're saying. I think there was kind of a vibe Foot of like, oh, we, we figured this out and now we're good to go. And I think this year there's definitely a renewed intensity that we've seen with just the way that they've approached the offseason. We're going to talk a little more later about Ty France and all the work that he's done. You already had JP going to driveline and doing that last year. Um, we've heard DePoto talk about how Julio is really focusing on stepping into more of a leadership role this year. And Service mentioned that with Logan Gilbert as well. And then also I think just seeing how many players chose to show up early is such a good sign. Here's Scott mm-hmm. Service on that. Yeah, I think there's a couple uh, reasons for it. One, you talked about the desire to get back into it and get after chasing the new goal, getting into the playoffs. I think we have a few new coaches, uh, one being – on the hitting side, we've kind of restructured our, our hitting coaches and kind of the responsibilities there. And Brant Brown, uh, working with Jared DeHart and Tommy Joseph, both Brant and Tommy live here in Arizona, very close to the complex. They're here. So inviting players to come down and work with them and to start developing that relationship, um, it's really important. I know everybody thinks spring training is too long, but you're dealing with new coaches and, and maybe some new ideas. You want to get with those people as soon as you can and, and get the ball rolling, and that's what our players have done. That's something that I'm really excited for this year is having an offensive coordinator, which sounds so weird to say, and seeing how that helps with some of this slow start that has really grown to be too much of a trend for them that Mm -hmm. I'm hoping will not be something this year. Yeah, Brent Brown. I hope we get to talk to him. I hope hope it's a question that we get to ask every one of the hitters what that looks like because we we did get to talk to – Cal a little bit and was that November or December it was it was a while ago now yeah and, and they had already, touched already base. been t- yeah I'm really curious what that looks like from an execution level a day-to-day level is he are we going to see him in 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 the, in the cages a lot with them or is he more of it in, in like in you know like the coordinators who are on the sideline versus in the booth like what does it look like for a baseball offensive coordinator this is new to me I, I believe it's new in the game isn't it like I don't I don't think this is something that every team does but yeah, they they needed to do something because April here has been painful and you can't just complain about the weather. Like yeah. they need to get off to a quicker start. I think it would really help um, the starting rotation as well, who, you know, they kind of had a, a rough end to the season. And I think they had been carrying things so much that it would help them if the team can get off mm-hmm. to a more well-rounded start. We are mm-hmm. getting some text here about the cheese thing. 206 says Goldsmith is definitely Manchego. I'm about to Google all that. I'm about to Google it. Uh, JD in the 509 says, why do I keep seeing string cheese when I think of Mora? I mean, tall and lanky, so I guess that's kind of appropriate. Handfuls of string cheese. I like that. (laughs) Handfuls of it? Yeah, so my string cheese and fingers. I always always equivalent to your your hands were more like uh, Twizzlers than string cheese, but I'll go with that. (laughs) Oh, God. What a Manchego. This is new to me. I'm sorry. What does it say? 
Uh, is a sheep, sheep, is, is age between 60 days and two years? Firm. Okay, it's not a soft. <laughs> I don't know anything else about it. Like, I'm trying They've to read Goldie the Wikipedia. they got Goldie in there beating his chest. Yes, firm. <laughs> trying to read the Wikipedia version of what this cheese means. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to think of one for Brock, too. I, that's a... I have a feeling Goldie's got something up his sleeve for what Brock would be in the cheese cheese world. I'm sticking by my gas station nacho cheese for myself. The pump cheese. Put it I like the, it. Put it in the soup cup that you get there. It'll work. Or or is it or uh, Wiz? Wiz is always good too. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> agree to disagree. I don't have to. I don't have to agree. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to have Brock and Aaron Goldsmith taking over next, and they will bring you George Kirby at 730, Roma Dunze at 830. So big show today. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.